12,000 circular discs found in a Chinese mountain range that describe the history and the story and the recountants of a ship crashing on Earth, an alien ship crashing on Earth, off in a remote cave, and the alien struggle to maintain and preserve life on our planet. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Dropa Stones. I'm going to start off by giving you the entire story, and then we're going to transition to my opinion. So let's talk about it. Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I'm your host, Clanky Terry. And in this week's podcast, this investigatory series, we're, we're actually going to have to figure out like a name system, in my opinion, for the investigations, if you will, because I'm starting to do more of them. I feel like you guys enjoy those. And so I want to give you guys what you enjoy. So I'm going to have to try to think of a name, Clayton's Conclusions. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Clayton's Conclusions. We'll work on it. But obviously, it's not a catch up with Clayton. It's not a, if you will, podcast interview. So we do, in my opinion, need like a little sub name for these things. But we'll get to those all in due time because I know that you're here to hear more about the stones. If you're coming from Instagram, welcome. Some of the information is going to be completely brand new. Some of it I won't even touch. And so what that means for you is that if you only listen to the podcast, go check out the profile, uh, go check out my Instagram traveling to consciousness, because there you will be able to see a short clip. And I'm sure that it'll kind of like tie things a little get together, or at least you'll be able to see them a little bit more. And honestly, I'm kind of rambling here and it's not making too much sense. So I'm going to try to jump into this. I did have a late night last night, guys. So stay with me here. Hopefully this comes across dope. Um, I'm picturing you guys loving this episode. I'm trying to manifest that right now. So let's see how we can push through this. And I'm detracting from the story, which is of the Dropa Stones. What are the Dropa Stones? So let's start off. They're these 716 circular discs that are dated to be about 12,000 years old. And inside the grooves of these discs are hieroglyphic markings. Um, now, whenever I say the grooves, these are essentially the, imagine like a record player. And a part of this record player, in those little grooves are the hieroglyphic markings. Now, it is a little bit bigger, a record player, well, a record not the record player. The record player plays the music. You need to be thinking about the record. <laughs> Excuse me. Again, it's early, guys, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best here. Whoo. One. Got to get these guys to get information. And also, when I say guys, I include it with girls too. It's not a uh it's a very gender non-binary word, so stay woke. <laughs> uh crack myself up. Um but I am serious about that. When I say guys, it's non-binary. <laughs> All right. Um, just kidding. Love everybody. Just poking fun at political events or current topics, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. We're back. We're back with the, see, hopefully this proves to you guys also that this is not edited. I don't edit any of this down. Obviously I clipped the beginning there and then put in some music and then now we're here and I'm losing you guys. You guys are detracting off. You guys are like, what the fuck's he talking about? And I'm like, 
I don't know, man. I, I've, I've had half my cup of coffee. I, I had a... Hmm. Okay, a little bit more than half now, about three quarters. Okay. You guys want the Dropa Stones. I'm going to get you guys that information. So the hieroglyphic-like markings. And these are the hieroglyphic-like markings that tell us the story of what occurred in these with these stones. Now, what's also super interesting is where these stones were found. The discovery included like a large number of dwarf-like skeletons of essentially unknown origin. And this entire story has just been so mysterious throughout the entire thing. Again, I don't want to put any opinion into this quite yet. I'm going to give you guys the um, full story of it. So essentially the Droper stones were discovered supposedly, allegedly, in 1938 during an expedition to this large cave system that appeared in the Bayanyar, Bayanhar, Bayanhar, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, spelled B-A-Y-A-N space H-A-R, Bayanhar Mountains. And now it's, it's on the border between Tibet and China, and this expedition was led by a Chinese professor named Chi Pu Te, Described and he described the caves as artificially carved, which is interesting, and predominantly used as this graveyard for the what he called the extraterrestrial species. And you know, they found you know a large number of graves that were carefully aligned in rows, so you know, exactly like kind of like a cemetery. You know, when you pass by all the headstones in a row, they're like two, 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 two. That's essentially what he's saying is that they were all lined up, so it was you know, it's not like just a all these skeleton, all these people were in there and then just something happened. And they all kind of died in different positions. It was systematic is what that was trying to illustrate. What was also interesting is that these skeletons, these creatures, these uh, humanoids, if you will, were roughly only about four feet in height and displayed some abnormal characteristics, such as their heads being incredibly large compared to the size of their bodies, you know, and they were also extremely thin and fragile beings which i find interesting because even in you know majority of well maybe not majority of aliens but if you think about like the grays you know the the ones with the huge eyes that are most classically compared to aliens if you will they have pretty small thin fragile bodies so that could aid in people believing this story so where am I going with this? Also, back to the discs. Let's let's move back to the disc. What's another characteristic of the disc? They're about a foot in diameter. And it's also super interesting because they had like this very interesting metallic like composition of metals that would have made it extremely difficult for people to carve inscriptions in, especially super small hieroglyphs at that. And it's also believed that these discs would have been used for some sort of excuse me, electrical circuitry or semiconductors of some of some utility. I can't say I know for sure, but that's what, you know, it is. Um, it's, it's interesting. So when the disc came back and here's where it starts to get, you know, interesting, if you will. So when the disc came back to China, into Beijing, they came to the hands of a professor by the name of Sum Um Noi. And he's of the Beijing Academy for Ancient Studies for his analysis. Uh, and I'm trying to think of where to go with this because I, I want to make sure 
Okay, so let's go this way. So after four years of research and examination, uh, the professor Sum Um Noi claimed he could not understand or translate the inscriptions. So this is interesting. And 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 so we're not sure. He couldn't understand the inscriptions, and that's kind of where it went. Now, what's interesting about this is that the Russians actually got involved as well. And also an Austrian engineer. So let me think of it. So let's start with the Russian involvement because that kind of occurred first. So in 1968, the Dropa Stones apparently came to the attention of W. Saitsu, Saitsu, a Russian scientist who republished the findings of Sum Um Noi and conducted tests on the disc that revealed some very particular properties. This is whenever they kind of found out that the stones were made of granite and cobalt and other metals that would have been like really hard for them to engrave in. And essentially, he then republished these findings in a Soviet magazine called Sputnik, which I think is pretty funny. So this was 1968, and this was actually whenever it first came to light was in 1968. And they were testing uh, the disc with an oscillograph. And uh, this is kind of whenever they determined that it was electrically charged, if you will. So for the timeline's sake, right? It was 19, 1938. I want to make sure I get that correct. Pretty sure it was 1938. Yeah, 1938, the discs were found. And then it wasn't until 1968, whenever Russia actually proposed that this thing occurred. Um, this then also goes back. So, okay. So found in 38, then Sum Um Noi would have worked on it for 10, 20 years to translate these things. And then in 1968, the Russians, I guess, somehow figured it out. And then that's whenever they wanted to actually propose that this stuff existed or occurred. Now, not too much, I think, was going on after the fact of this. And where it kind of gets interested is that supposedly uh, Ernest Wegger, 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 he's got like a weird, weird last name. Ernest Wegger was an Austrian engineer who in 1974 visited the Bonpo, Bonpu Museum in Jean Shanxi Province. All due respect to Chinese, uh, I just don't know how to pronounce some Chinese words or cities. I know I'm butchering them. So I'll work on getting cultured in those regards. I promise. I promise. Don't, don't crucify me. Uh, so whenever he went to the promise, he was able to see two of the tropa stones. He was told, yeah, we got two of them. You can check them out. And then it is said whenever he inquired about the disc that the manager did not provide him with any information, but he did allow him to photograph them. I think that's pretty crazy. That's crazy. In my opinion. Now, uh, Wegner, Wegner, Wegener. Wegner claims that the photos of the hieroglyphs cannot be seen as they have been hidden by the flash from the camera and have also deteriorated. So if you look up uh, online, you could probably search alleged photographs of Dropa stones. There are not many of them. This is only one photo. Um, but then where the story gets weird, right? And here's, here's where it all kind of just gets bizarre, if you will. In 1994, which is actually the year I was born. The German scientist Hartwig Handoffs and colleague Peter Krasa 
are said to have visited China and the Bonpo Museum in Xin, and this is 1994, where they were told that the director's superiors had ordered the discs destroyed and that officially they did not recognize their existence. Hansdorf found out that the Chinese government did not have any official record of the tribe called Dropa, neither in the local area of Xihai or whatsoever in China. So this is crazy. So allegedly the allegedly the Dropa stones were destroyed. They also then said that they have no record. I believe this was in another article I was reading. Yep, here it is. Let me find it. <laughs> Right here, according to the director of the Bonapo Museum in 1994, Professor Wang Zhijiang, both the Dropa Stones and the manager, so this is in this article, and the manager from 1974 disappeared without a trace just days after Ernest Wagner took the photos and requested additional information. Now, this is always a huge interesting thing because I think this is going to cue a lot of our suspicion. Now, I'm going to start injecting my opinion in and we're going to kind of flow back through. So just so you know, it's becoming my opinion. I think that's where it gets interesting because, you know, considering the fact that we're talking about China, it makes it very enticing to want to believe in a cover up, right? Because it's China, right? If they wanted to silence something, they could very easily do it. I don't think that's hidden by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure China knows, everybody knows. So. I think that that's fascinating. It's also fascinating, you know, of course, they're going to claim they're destroyed. If they actually had them, they'd be hidden, right? But unfortunately, there's some other very interesting pieces of this puzzle that I've left out that other people claim. Others who have a curve. One of them being the professor who investigated these stones when they originally came back, whose name was Sum Um Noi. Apparently, there's no evidence that this person ever existed. Not at the Academy of Ancient Studies, not at the University of Beijing. And even more so, everyone says that it's a fake Chinese name. Now, I'm, again, not cultured in Chinese names. I'm honestly not even too sure how you would fake something like that. Maybe it'd be something like just like a weird sounding name that didn't make sense in our language and it just doesn't make sense in theirs. So I don't know. I don't know the full answer to that. It was also saying that it was like a Japanese name that got transferred into Chinese. So maybe, and here's where it gets weird is that maybe the Russians would do something like that because they don't really know the difference in the language. Like if the Russian person who put out this article, excuse me, didn't know how to articulate it, that would have been okay. I want to make up a name. Like here's a fake name, you know? Um, but again, that investigation would have been like in the late 30s. So it makes it weird that this Australian engineer named Ernest Wagner allegedly saw them in 1974, right? Like you would think that the entire cover up would happen before this unless, unless they do exist and he actually got to see them. And then that's when they had to do this whole part two cover up, if you will. So, you know, I really don't know. I mean, and this is like a story that, let me see. When did they? Uh, when did this story break that I'm reading right here? When did they publish this article? Damn, no dates on it. 
I mean, obviously the story isn't new, but okay, this story was written. Uh, it was updated November of 2021. So, you know, it's a it's a very it's a very fascinating thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and also like some of the Soviet uh, people can't be found either. So, you know, I don't even know how you go about what, what interests me. It's how they could actually go about creating this whole fake story and it actually being pretty fucking interesting. So at the very least, it's very interesting, right? Uh, what's also interesting is that there is a culture of nomadic hoarders in that area of the Bayanar Mountain called the Dropas. I believe they were called the Dropas and the Yawns. And I guess maybe Dropa was just the one that they decided to kind of run with. But I thought it was cool. So there actually are these like tiny people that live in that area. How they got these stones. So so maybe the cave was legit. And maybe the uh, the uh, scientists. Because this happens a lot, right? Um, what, was the, what was the guy's name who was researching it? Um, oh, Sumam Noi. Yeah, but see, Sumam Noi was apparently an allegedly completely fake person. So that means like this entire story would lose its ground just based on this exploration that occurred in 1938. So I think that's pretty wild. Another interesting thing that I had found was that it said that he was the one who depicted this entire story. Oh, and I didn't even talk about that. The story that was on the hieroglyphs was basically just saying that like the entire alien civilization, they crashed on earth. They were trying to figure out how to repair their ship. They weren't unable to repair their ship. And so then they were like, Oh shit. Um, so yeah. So Sumam Noi. Also, I'd love some feedback. I feel like I'm very scattered in this, but maybe you guys just love this style of presentation. I'm going to drop a link below. Shoot me a message, honestly. And shoot me a message about anything. If you want to hear a certain story, you want me to investigate a story and then report back on it. Let me know. I, I, I feel like I'm a little scattered in this, which I'm going to work on. So please provide the feedback. Be like, yo, you're perfect. Don't change anything. I love the style. I love how chaotic it was. Or maybe it needs a little bit more structure. So happy to hear your thoughts on that. I'm trying to think if there was anything else here to cover, right? Sumum Noi. Oh, the other thing is that that was it about the hieroglyphs, about the story. In order to translate hieroglyphs, I read that you need like teams of hundreds of researchers in order, especially it's if a new hieroglyph that's being established and understood. So there's no way Sum Um Nui, even if he existed, would have been able to parse out this entire thing. So in my opinion, it does make this thing even more difficult to believe or to understand. I'm flowing with the side that it likely doesn't occur. Um, but maybe that's just what the Chinese government wants me to believe. Well, I should channel some stuff about the Dropa stones because here's where it's interesting, man, even from a higher perspective, if these Dropa stones never even existed, never existed, right? Um, they serve a purpose. What that purpose is, I can't fully tell you because it's going to be different person to person, but it's weird. It, like to me, it's interesting that this story got exposure like it, there are many holes about it but the fact that it's being written about in a lot of different papers and people are actually taking the time to talk about it like there has to be a utility of the story existing does that make sense like even if a story doesn't exist there's a utility or a purpose for the story being in existence 
even if it's completely fake, even if it's completely made up. And maybe that's to encourage you of using your own discernment, which is something that I definitely want to elaborate on more in the future. But as a core fundamental principle, please use your own discernment with any of the stories that I talk about, because I tend to talk about these fringe pseudo archaeology type stories. I know a lot of them are probably fake, but I, th- I find it as a very interesting story. And if these stories are being harbored in the human subconscious or in the human mind at some level, then we can talk about them. Why not? doesn't mean they're real. doesn't mean it had to have happened, but there is a truth within all of them that we can all use. So please let me know what you think. Again, please shoot me a message in that link below to ask me a question, ask me anything, AMA. Um, you can even just suggest topics for future for future stones or stones stories. Jeez, this is way too early. I got to figure out a better routine. But actually, my routine's been getting pretty good, which we'll talk about in the future. Um, also, 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 also. Hey guys, come in here real quick. I also really appreciate you guys downloading this stuff. It's because of you that we have found our way into the top 25 of podcasts. And I would love to encourage you to keep sharing. If you find stuff in here that you find interesting, please share. Please, 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 please for me. Can you do it for me? Because it's free. It's free for you. It gives me free exposure. And it's a great, what what's the word I'm looking for here? Energetic exchange of being able to, you know, do stuff. Good energetic exchange. She's like, I can't think this morning. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> I do apologize. I feel like this one has been all over the place. So please send me some feedback, whether it's leaving a review, which would also help me in the ratings or actually shooting me a personal message. I cannot get back to all messages. So I do apologize on that, but please shoot me a message. I promise you that I will read it and All I have to say other than that is if you do not shoot me a message, that's totally cool because we will talk in the sixth dimension.